All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos, Justin Helms, back with you in a big rivalry rivalry weekend in college football. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about coaching hires, this crazy um, coaching carousel, coaching carousel, if you will, uh, with all of these coaches leaving their respective programs and going to other big time SEC Pac-12 programs. A lot of crazy stuff with this Lincoln Riley hire. I just think that that is just that is just the most interesting story to me of all. So we're going to start the show with that. But before we do, we just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at LGI underscore podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among other sites. But Justin, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go ahead and get into it. This Lincoln Riley hire just blows my mind. And, yeah, I, and he turned down a eight-year, $96 million contract with LSU. And the funny thing about it, he, did you see his press conference on Saturday night? He said, for USC? Or, yeah, no, 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 no. For after the loss to Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. he said, mm. or a reporter asked him, Lincoln, I'm shocked that nobody's asked this. And he starts going into it. And then Lincoln says, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. That he made sure to say LSU. LSU. He made sure, I am not going to Louisiana. <laughs> and that is that, the funny thing. Yeah, that like. that is what the funny that he didn't say he wasn't going to USC. He didn't say he wasn't going to USC. <laughs> But he said, I'm not leaving Oklahoma for you or for LSU. That's what the funny thing about that was. And then the next day, out of nowhere, he's going to USC. Exactly. That's like, that's the funny thing about it. Um, and and at this point, like, I know this is kind of off topic. When are they going to put in a tampering rule for for coaches in college football? Like they're doing this like immediately after the season. They are leaving their teams. Like that means they are doing this all during the season, figuring out contracts, talking to GMs, talking to athletic directors, all that stuff. Like that, like, like as a fan, I remember when that happened with Bama when they took Kiffin away from us. Like, I hate that. When are they gonna make a tampering rule? Like, I, I wish they would, but this is still just an insane move. Like, I and to kind of go off what you said about him, like dodging LSU, like I understand because of LSU's like issues, like recruiting punishments and everything that happened with Odron. But at the same time, like, I thought you wanted to be a big time guy. Like, I don't know. I guess I expected I, more. From I, I think he is an elite coach. I still believe he is a top five coach in college football. Um, I don't think but so. I'm going to get to my thoughts in a second. I just want to read this deal that he got from USC. So part of his deal at USC, total contract, $110 million. I didn't see how many years that is, but that's the total amount of money he is. Uh, USC is buying him a $6 million home. They're buying it for him? That's They're buying great. it for him. USC is buying out both of his houses in Norman, Oklahoma for over $500,000 over the asking price. So he's let off the hook for that. And he gets an unlimited use of the private jet for USC 24-7 for 
for his entire family. So yes. whenever he wants to go and recruit, he can go and use that plane whenever he wants. And then I'm guessing even if, whenever his family wants to take a vacation or something, they can just fly whenever they want to. Who is Lincoln Riley's agent? That's what to- honestly like that he is doing something right yeah. like i'm over here looking it up like what like there's no way I'm they sitting... got him to buy his old houses and then and then like what like that's crazy like i'm what it, it's amazing what because he turned down eight years 96 million dollars like that would still make him one of the highest paid coaches if not the highest paid coach in all of college football <laughs> and then you know it's just i can't even describe how just everything that went on with it like this whole story just is bizarre to me and it's fascinating just how how much he like gaslighted the entire media and oklahoma as a whole and then he says in his opening press conference at usc I found out about the USC interest late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and hopped on a Zoom call Sunday morning. It all came together quickly, but in this day and age of college football, it kind of has to. I, that is, that's BS. Yeah, I was about to say, it doesn't have to go like that at all. You handled that, like, and and like, uh, the only reason I say, like, once again, with the tampering thing, this is why he handled it terribly, like, you are, I think the early recruiting signing period is like in the next week or two. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that. And you just completely screwed your old team that has treated you well, that you've done well with. Like, and you just up and left for USC, a team that hasn't really been it for, I don't know how long that you have no guarantee at. The only thing that I've heard that is better than Oklahoma is the recruiting pool, which I understand you're in California versus Oklahoma. Well, still, like you just that was it was just badly handled like you can't up and leave your team right after a game your freshman quarterback on twitter tweeting out stuff like wow like i can't believe this all this other stuff like you didn't tell anybody like that's just badly handled like relationship wise so four he oklahoma has lost four commits from the top from the 2023 class including the second top quarterback under arch manning i don't have his name I have it right here. Okay. Malachi something. Yep. In 24 hours, Oklahoma lost Lincoln Riley, defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, wide receivers coach, Dennis Simmons, O-line coach, Bill Bedenbaugh, strength coach, Benny Wiley, five-star quarterback, Malachi Nelson, five-star receiver, four-star running back, and two four-star linemen, O-linemen and D-linemen. And at least half of those guys are from California. So you have to imagine that they're going to be following Lincoln Riley to USC. Um, so it was poorly handled for Oklahoma. He got everything that he wanted out of it. Obviously he completely just ditched Oklahoma. He used his words very wisely and he had a PR guy. This his contract, agent, he had this, a PR guy for sure. Oh, <laughs> he's got everybody. I yeah. Mean, so Oklahoma has lost Spencer Rattler. We already knew was going to transfer because I mean, he's gone. I think he's going to go to one of the Arizona schools, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Williams, Caleb Williams 
has taken OU out of his bio for Instagram. Jaden Hazelwood, their top wide receiver, has entered the transfer portal. So Oklahoma is going into the SEC with a huge mess. And congratulations, you're now Tennessee. Oof. Congrats to Oklahoma. <laughs> you're Tennessee. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what that is. Like that, your whole team falls apart, and, and then you move into the SEC. That's that's great. So obviously, my thoughts are it was poorly handled. Um, he is a amazing manipulator, gaslighter. He has an amazing agent, but to me, he's accomplished everything that he can accomplish at Oklahoma. That's my honest thought of it. Because you know he he's gotten to the playoffs. What I mean, three of the past four years. Other than the double overtime game against Georgia, he's gotten blown out by Clemson. He's gotten blown out by LSU. He's gotten blown out by Alabama. And other than that, I mean, he's had multiple 11, 12 win seasons. He's had multiple big 10 or big 12 championships. And um, he's heading to the SEC. So I, I think that he accomplished everything that he could at Oklahoma with them moving to the SEC with the recruiting grounds that he has at Oklahoma. I mean, let's face it. He's got to go down to Texas to get all of these guys. He's got to go to. But that's the thing. He was but, being successful. Texas hasn't been, Texas hasn't been able to recruit in state right. for how long? Like it, it like, and, and, and that's why it, it surprises me. Like, I don't think that what he did at Oklahoma was the top. I think he could have won a championship. It, where Trending to where they are now, maybe not. But at the beginning, if he had made the right moves within those first two, three years, they could have won a ring and they would never be in this situation. I and think if they would have beaten Georgia, they very well would have won that national championship in 2017. After that, against Bama, I they could have. They could have won that national champ. But that... Is, might have never saw that, two. Is, that is the highest peak that Lincoln Riley has had at Oklahoma. And I believe that's the highest that he was going to get at Oklahoma with the rise of Georgia, with Alabama being there, with Ohio State consistently being there and going to the SEC. I think that that's the highest peak that Lincoln Riley would have had, especially with him going to the SEC. I don't think that he could have accomplished any more. And he's going to California which is a hotbed of recruits. I, let's face it, Georgia, California, Florida, and Texas are the four best recruiting states in America. And he is going to Los Angeles, which is a four. Okay, so Chip Kelly and Clay Helton were not able to recruit over there, but they were losing guys to Georgia. They're losing guys to Clemson. They're losing guys to Alabama. All over the country, Ohio State, I think that Lincoln Riley is still an elite head coach and he's able to, he's going to be able to get more guys to go to USC. And, and that's where I disagree. I think this is why I think they could have gone better going to the SEC. If he was willing to take on that challenge, find someone who can recruit better, not offensively. Lincoln Riley, we know you have good offense. We know you can recruit offensively, offensively and develop players. Going to the SEC, just the name of Southeastern Conference, it attracts recruits. And that in turn attracts especially 
defensive players because defensive players like to go to SEC because that's what has been known for that the SEC has more defense than a lot of these conferences and and that's just how the game is played more more physical in the SEC stuff like that so I think going to the SEC he might have been able to finally get those defensive guys to push his team over because we all know offensively they were there if they had those defensive guys if they were able to recruit those going into the SEC I think he would have had a better chance. Would he be pulling recruits from, from Georgia, Alabama, LSU, like all these other schools? No, I don't think so. But I think he would have a larger pool of people who would actually be willing to go to him just because the name is SEC and it's still Oklahoma. Fair, fair, but he's still going to be – when he gets to the SEC, there's no clear path to the playoff like there was at Oklahoma. I feel nah, like. no, he, he's going to have to face LSU every year. He's going to, these schools are still going to, it's going to be harder to recruit in the SEC for Oklahoma because you're competing with Alabama in the SEC. You're recruiting against um, LSU. You're recruiting against even, I will that's even. That's why I'm kind of disappointed. Like, I thought, like, I don't know. I just felt like. Texas I thought... A&M, I keep forgetting Texas A&M. They're recruiting better and better. And they're one of the high, they are, I believe, the highest profited athletic institution in, co- in college football. So they have all the money and that's going to be even worse. He's going to start lo- losing recruits to Texas A&M as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much he, he wasn't already losing recruits to Texas A&M. To me, it would have been a better chance to actually pull some of those recruits from Texas A&M because now people will look at it and not be like, oh, SEC, Big Ten or Big 12. And now it's two SEC teams and then you actually have a choice of like okay do I want to go to Oklahoma or do I want to go to A&M not do I want to go to SEC or do I want to go to the Big 12 so and that's why I think it would have been a little bit different of course I think Jimbo is a better recruiter than Lincoln Riley I'm I'm not gonna lie I, I just that's just my belief even though their team isn't quite at that level yet Lincoln Riley's had a lot more time to build that team so I think that's kind of the difference so in terms of A&M, yes, I can understand that. But to me, it's, it's not the fact that they would be losing recruits to other teams. It's the fact that they would have a larger selection choice. That's that's the biggest thing. It's like, and just due to that, they would have – they can maybe well, – They're going to have a large selection. Guys and then develop them into guys who are solid. And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. And you have a fair point, but they're going to have a large selection size in California as well with all of the – modern day with um you got Bishop oh, yeah. Gorman in Las Vegas uh, I'm forgetting Cal, the name of the school right now um, Cal UCLA all them California teams they're Stanford I don't think they're competing with USC recruiting wise before and I don't think they're recruiting standing with them now especially now that they have Lincoln Riley they're going to be pulling more so I do think that is a great choice will recruiting be easier Yes. Will everything be easier in USC? Yes. But my problem is that I just thought he wanted a challenge. I thought he wanted to show that he could do better. I thought he wanted to show that, hey, I can win championships. I can do this. I can do that. To me, going to USC proves that you're okay being mediocre. I just want to keep my job. I don't want to win championships. And that's what that tells me because I don't see USC pushing for a championship as long as they are over there in the Pac-12 in in losing games that they shouldn't do. And and, and, and that, it seems like it happens regardless of the coach. So I just, to me right now, he's not competing for championships. He's just okay with, I've got my check. Like, well, I don't think that they've made the right hires with coach. I think you look back to, okay, when Pete Carroll left, you go with uh, Lane Kiffin. He wasn't ready at that point. He was still pretty immature at that point. 
as a coach. Um, then you go with Steve Sarkeesian. We know about what was going on with him at that point. You got Clay Helton after that. I don't think that Clay Helton was necessarily uh, ready or, to be honest, capable of taking on a job like USC. Uh, he did win a Rose Bowl. I'll give him credit for that. But to sustain that success, he obviously time. was not exactly. He wasn't ready. Link or Lincoln Riley has been to the playoffs multiple times. He's won those championships. And I'm not going to argue with you. I'm, I, I agree with you. I have it written down here. He was scared of the SEC. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think of, I, I agree with that point, funny. but at the same time, you know, um, the PAC 12 has missed on the playoffs for since Oregon in the first year. Um, you, you think about the fact that they, Oregon is really their, their biggest challenge. Their only real challenge in that PAC 12 champ or in that PAC 12 championship race. Um, and and he's got a, I won't say he's got a clear path to the playoffs, but the PAC 12, I've said this since the beginning of the year could be in that spot where they could get into a playoffs with Oregon. Obviously it didn't work this year. But with USC there and the Big 12 going down, it looks like it looks like they can make that path for the playoffs. And, and I, I would say that, but like to me, I don't think they have a clear path for the playoffs. They have a clear path for a Pac-12 championship. That's what, uh, and, and that doesn't mean you're in the playoffs. Like the, we've the Pac-12 championship for the last few years has been a team that's lost two, three games during the right, regular. right. But you look at it, he had. He has rare, other than this year, he hasn't really lost a game that you look at at Oklahoma and you're like, and you're head scratching like, like Oregon does every year yeah. or um, but that's other, why I think other teams in the for SEC, him to make the playoff. He's now Texas. playing worse teams. He has to go out and like really, really beat them. And then he's going to have to schedule someone out of conference in the Big Ten, in the SEC for them to play, for them to prove themselves. Because if he just goes on and plays his regular season schedule and they're out of and their out of conference schedule is weak, they can go undefeated and potentially not make it against a one-loss team, depending on who they've played and how it's looked all year. Of course, going undefeated is pretty sure you're going in, especially if you win your championship game. But it's just like I don't, I don't know. It just seemed to me like this right now is just. Like you said, it's it's an easy way for him to chill. Like it's an easy way for him to just be like, okay, like this is all I have to do. He beat beat UCLA every beat UCLA every year, and then and then go to a Pac-12 championship once every three years. Like he was they, a big fighter in bringing Oklahoma to the SEC, and they brought Oklahoma to the SEC. He gets a big contract offer from LSU, denies that, goes to bolts for the Pac-12. I just. Again, I think he is an elite coach. I think if USC was going to get anybody that was available in terms of being the best coach in college football, the best coaches available that were willing to leave, they got the higher right with Lincoln Riley. I don't yeah. think they could have gotten anybody better that would have left uh, their respective schools. Oh, yeah. Out of all the coaches available, I USC did it right. And and at the thing, and the crazy thing is that no one knew Lincoln Riley was available. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was just taken from them. So I think I think they did it 100 percent right. You can't you can't trash on USC. I hate it for Oklahoma. I actually like 
as much as I'm a Bama fan and I want to see us do well, I'm a football fan first, and I like watching good football. And adding Oklahoma to the SEC without Lincoln Riley is not going to be good football, I don't think. I'm going to say this, and first of all, I'm going to give my grade. It's an A for this hire. I think that we both agree this is the best hire of anybody, but this is a better job than Oklahoma because of the, the arguments that I said. I think, honestly, Oklahoma, if you really think about it, Oklahoma is a fringe top 10 job, but maybe a little bit outside. I will name you jobs that I think are better. Georgia, Alabama, that's two. Texas A&M is better. I think Florida is better. You're talking about in the SEC. I'm talking about overall in college football, what I think is a better job in Oklahoma. USC is a better job. So that's five. I think Michigan and Ohio State are better jobs. That's six and seven. I'll say Ohio State. I don't know about Michigan. I agree with everything else you've said so far, though. Okay. And then let me see. Okay. I think Oregon is a better job just considering everything with the night with Nike that they have with the facilities that they have all the money from Phil Knight. I think that that is a better job than Oklahoma. Um, So that's eight. I think that Clemson is a better job because they're not far down the road. And plus they have all the facilities as well. Clemson doesn't have a big recruiting pool, but with Dabo Sweeney there, they can recruit. But it's only about two and a half hours from Atlanta. Yeah. So there's that. And Dabo has built up that program as well. As much as I don't like him, he has built up that program to where it is of the high prestige. Mm -hmm. And people will go there even when Dabo is gone for as long as they're doing like somewhat good. So I named nine schools that I think are better than Oklahoma right there. Only ones and I think I, I won't say, I won't say Texas. I was thinking about Texas. Just no. be, I won't say that because I've heard that their boosters are very much um, control toxic. freaks, micromanagers. Yeah, they're very you want to say. Even people had that problem with Charlie Strong. Um, who was it uh, that came from Houston? Herman, Tom Herman. Yeah, whenever, yeah. and everything like that. So it's just they've they've had a lot of problems with uh, that there, but. I, I, I agree with most of those teams. A&M, of course, because I think just recruiting-wise, you have you can recruit in Texas. Um, Florida, I was questionable about that, but you're recruiting in Florida and you're in the SEC. Like, you're, you're most likely going to get good players. Like, the only one that, like, is kind of weird to me is Michigan. I don't know. I don't know what their recruiting pool is really like. And on top of that, I just – I don't see them, like – name wise that much higher over Oklahoma like in terms of like historic factor and like what it means and everything like that so I don't see that as being a better job I don't I don't think honestly and then you're up in the cold and that and just me (laughs) me being me I don't like the cold so so and then Oregon I that is tougher to me than Michigan I think Oklahoma is easily a better job to coach at than Michigan, but Oregon, I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with most of those. And I think that Oklahoma will turn out straight in the SEC as long as they can find a coach that is good for them. I've heard a lot of names flying around now. Please, 
take Bill O'Brien away from Alabama. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. And then, but yeah, uh, overall, A plus for uh, for Lincoln Riley and USC. I'm not sure how they pulled that off, but they did. Yeah. So A plus for USC, A plus for Lincoln Riley's agent, A plus for Lincoln Riley's PR, A plus for Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah, PR and, and and who is Lincoln Riley's agent? How in the world? But like, and last thing I want to ask you is like, just quick question: Who do you think is going to be at Oklahoma next? I've heard Brent Venables. For real? You I've think they'll heard, probably pull heard, him away? Based on a Twitter chat that I was listening to yesterday, if they're going to pull him away, this is, would be the year. Brent Venables has name has been the guy that I have heard. Um, for this job and I think that would be a good hire because you know I think he's ready for it I think very much like how Kirby Smart was at Alabama he's waiting for the right job um, and that's who a lot of Oklahoma players want is Brent Venables and I think he would get that support I think he's got that energy to where they could you know potentially pick up right where they left off and they're coming to the SEC which they need defense for in the SEC and they don't have they've never really had it at Oklahoma they tackle poorly they look like they are clueless out there and so I think Brent Venables is gonna do exactly pick up exactly where he left off or not pick up exactly he's gonna rebuild that defense and Oklahoma will at least be competitive in the SEC with Brent Venables as their head coach I I I Agree with you. I think that would be a great head coach. The only reason I don't see it happening is because Brent Venables has kind of filled into like a Kirby Smart type of role when he was at Alabama. Every time someone offers him, Clemson just gives them more money. And that was what Alabama was doing with Kirby until he finally got offered, of course, by his alma mater, which he just couldn't he couldn't miss that out on that. So I I, I understand that and I could see it happening. Because this year, out of all years, just because due to the fact that um, – and he was at – wait, wasn't he at Oklahoma before? I'm not sure. Let me look at Brent Venable's Wikipedia. I don't believe I'm so. I don't and then, and then, I, I, I don't know. I know he's been at Clemson. Yes, you're right. He was there from 2004 to 2000. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I 1999, to, 1999 to 2011. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I thought he was there for a while. Cause I remember he was under Stoops. Yeah. But um, Bob Stoops, who was going to be coaching Oklahoma in their bowl game, which is so random to me, but, and, and, and that's what I want to talk about is that I think Venables would be the good coach for them. I think if they are, this would be the year because Clemson's not looking that good. Like he would leave this year, if any year to me, um, but I, I do think that they are looking hard at the Stoops brothers because why would you bring Bob Stoops back for a, for a bowl game? And then Kentucky with Mark Stoops has been doing really well. And for some reason, Oklahoma just has a thing with Stoops. So I just I, – it would not surprise me. I, I think they stick with Brent Venables. I think that's the job that he is looking for. I think that he has been waiting for a job like that. And much like we both said with how Kirby waited at Alabama, I think this is – like I said, this is the kind of job that – Brent Venables is waiting for, and he's got the support from the people in Norman as well. So I think we both agree A plus. Let's move on to Billy Napier to Florida. So Dan Mullen's overall buyout 
at L- or at Florida is twelve million dollars. He's going to get six million dollars in the next thirty days, and he's going to get one million dollars every single year after that until the next six years. On July fifteenth, he's going to get one million dollars until I guess that's twenty twenty seven. So, Florida fired Dan Mullen. They obviously have a huge buyout, much like I predicted that ended ugly in Gainesville, side note. I think with this Billy Napier hire, it's an interesting hire. I had predicted earlier on the, or I guess in the first week when I knew that it was probably over for for Coach O, that I had predicted Billy Napier to LSU. Billy Napier went to Florida. um, And, you know, I have a hard, I think it's a good hire. I think they could have done a little bit better. As a Georgia fan, I don't necessarily get scared as of right now of this hire. To be honest, I was really worried that Florida might get, uh, I don't know, Dan Lanning, our defensive coordinator, and that scared me. But to be honest, this is the kind of hire as a Georgia fan that I wanted Florida to make. He had success at Louisiana Lafayette, um, a couple of Sunbelt championships. He has gotten them to the top 25 rankings this year and in the years past. So, and I think he's going to be hungry in recruiting, which Florida really needs that because, you know, maybe he will recruit during the season and not say that he doesn't look at it as a priority. Dan Mullen is still out of his mind, but let it be known now, I would take him over Bill O'Brien. But uh, I, I would, Billy Napier with, this is a weird hire to me because one, I thought Florida would go defensive coach. You just watched what happened when you had an offensive coach that couldn't recruit defense for his life, that couldn't get anybody to come over there and coach with him as a defensive coordinator other than Todd Munkin. So like, I mean, it's just, I, I don't like, I mean, not Munkin. Who am I thinking of? Grantham. Grantham. Yeah. Yeah. Grantham. Grantham. But, um, other than Grantham. So it's just like, it's, it's, that is kind of weird to me. I think that I thought they would go defensive coordinator and like no offense to Billy Napier, but I thought they would go bigger name. Like I thought Billy, they would go bigger name too. Yeah. Like, like Billy Napier has been cool. Like he was a coordinator, not a coordinator. He was a, a position coach at Alabama. I think he went to Arizona state for a little bit, Louisiana, like you said, won some, won some games. I think he got coach of the year championship in, in uh Sun Belt and everything like that. But just, I didn't I didn't really expect him to to them to go with him. And to me, it was a rushed hire. I think with everything that went on in Florida and how badly that ended and Grantham leaving and Mullen saying all the crazy stuff he was saying in the media, you could even span it back to last year when he was doing stuff with the covid and in and, and the players and, and, and talking about we want fans in the stands and, and all that other stuff like you can stretch it out for a while. So I thought they would take their time. They were just like. Boom. Like either one, they already knew that they wanted Napier. They had been talking to him, all this other stuff. So to us, it looks quick, but to them, it was just something that was building. But other than that, like, I, I don't know, like this is kind of a weird hire to me. It, it could, it could go really well or it could go very bad. Like Scott Strickland did say he's been watching Billy Napier for a while and was um, pleased with what he saw and wanted really wanted him obviously as the top candidate to be the Florida head coach. I think that the buyout that I just read and what I've heard at Florida is they 
don't really want to spend a lot of money right now. So with the buyout, I think that Billy Napier is a cheaper option. I think that he will keep them competitive. Do I think that he will have them? I think he will, Florida will be like an Auburn in the sense that they have average years a couple of times and then they come out of nowhere, win the East every three or four years. And then um, that's about it. That's the ceiling that I see for Billy Napier at Florida. I don't really see them being SEC East champion contenders every single year from here on out with him as the head coach. And um, again, I know what he's done at uh, Louisiana. I know he's on, he's been under uh, Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, but I just don't see um, a ceiling higher, especially with the trajectory that Georgia is on. Tennessee looks like they are um, up getting up there along, not on Georgia's level, but they're going to be at the same level that, that Florida is at right now, in my opinion. But with with Billy Napier, I just feel like this was a safe, cheaper option. Yeah. And and and, and like recruiting wise, I think this is the other thing people kind of sleep on. Billy Napier is a good recruiter. Like yeah. he is he has pulled a lot of players to from from states to teams where people didn't like I, I'm pretty sure he's the one who recruited Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, because at the time he was the wide receiver coach. Uh yeah, right here on this list. It says he recruited Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Cam Robinson, and then he also recruited Trevon Diggs. So he's he's got some names that he can pull and stuff like that, and, and he's definitely been successful recruiting, uh, especially on the offensive end. I, I Where I'm really um, interested to see what happens is what he does with the rest of that coaching staff because I think that will very, very much determine how recruiting is going to go and then how – his career is going to go as a Florida coach. If he cannot get the right defensive coordinator or someone else on the other side of the ball that, that can do that and he doesn't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't think if he, if he's not able to do that, it's not going to be great at Florida. He might be, like you said, challenged every once in a while, but it's not going to be consistent. I think Florida needs to completely clean up their program. I think that, um, They've always been known, especially going back to Steve Spurrier, as like the trash talking, um, in your face offense kind of uh, university. I think that they need to completely clean house on the football team. They need a completely new staff. Nobody really retained other than maybe one or two people. Uh, and you're right. I think he needs to get some young, hungry guys that are ready to recruit. And it's about who he hires. I think that Florida needs to clean up the way I think Dan Mullen tried to be a Steve Spurrier 2.0 and be sort of a troll to the rivals, um, be kind of a jerk in his press conferences. And I don't think that Billy Napier really wants, I don't think he's really that guy, that kind of guy. And I think that that's what Florida needs which is why I don't think it's a bad hire, but I think that he needs to completely change the way that Florida runs because it hasn't been working since Urban Meyer left. He is a guy who's willing to take risks though. Like I'll I'll say that. Right. But I'm talking about the way that he runs the program in terms of discipline 
And, uh, you know, I'm sounding like an old guy when I say this kind of stuff. I know what you mean. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and like, I, and yeah, I, I'll be right there with you. I, I, people hate it, but guys like Saban, Belichick, who preach discipline and you're going to do it my way or the highway, like they win, they win championships. Like it's, it's just been proven. Same with guys like Greg Popovich in the NBA. So I, I don't think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's one of those guys. But I do think he is a guy that players will get behind as like, I like him, even though I'm not a huge fan of, of players coaches. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I'm not a huge fan of it. But in some circumstances, it works out. You can Dabo. Dabo, I, I would say, is a, a very much a players coach. And then some of the other coaches around Dan Quinn was a players coach and it worked for a little bit. But <laughs> so I, but he is willing to take risks. And I think that will help a lot. I think he's not scared to go and do some big things, maybe, maybe go for it on a fourth down or, or, or trick plays and stuff like that. So I think we'll see a lot of kind of crazy stuff from him in games, but overall, I, I would, I would, if I'm grading this B minus, that's I'm about not, what I would say. I will go yeah. higher. I will say B around that 84 to 85 range. Yeah. I don't want to quite say C, but it, to me, this this has a higher ceiling than it does have a lower floor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think that I agree with you. I give it a B. Let's move on to our last coach, and then we're going to do our rankings. Brian Kelly departed this morning as we record on a Tuesday at 7.11 a.m. to Baton Rouge. He has officially been announced as the new head coach at LSU. I will give you my overall thoughts. This is very similar to um, the Lincoln Riley hire for me. The way that I think, no, I'm talking to, and what I mean by that is I think this is more of Brian Kelly accomplished all that he could accomplish at Notre Dame. Recruits don't necessarily care about the history of a program, nope. the tradition of the program. <laughs> And I don't think that Notre Dame has necessarily that prestige that people think that it does. And LSU has the nicer facilities. Not anymore. LSU has the nicer facilities. They play in the SEC. They have more money. They have more fan support in terms of boosters. And I think that Brian Kelly really just couldn't pass on this offer. And I think that, like I said, he – he only could accomplish so much at Notre Dame with the way, I mean, he was recruiting at a top 10 level. He was able to, it was impressive how he was able to get recruits. It was impressive that he was able to get to the playoffs multiple times, but getting to the playoffs is as high as Notre Dame is going to get. In my opinion, I don't think Brian Kelly is an elite coach. I don't think that he is a uh, top five in that matter. I think that LSU could they have gotten somebody better? You know, probably, but Brian Kelly is still a really good coach. Brian Kelly is still um, a, a good recruiter. And, you know, I, I think he has more to accomplish at Notre Dame, or he has a higher ceiling at no, or at uh, LSU than he did at Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with that recruiting wise. I, of course, LSU has had their penalties or whatever. And, and stuff like that, but I think 
down the road, recruiting wise, he will be able to pull um, more talented guys and, and just better guys to LSU than he will be able to pull to Notre Dame for the reason that you said history does not matter anymore. Notre Dame has has proven that they can only go so far as a team. And I think players see that and players see that LSU can win championships, even though they can go five and six or whatever in a year, but they can also go out and they can win rings. And I think that just, just based off that potential players are going to want to go there more. And, and like you said, it's just, it's recency bias. What have you done for me lately? Notre Dame just hasn't done anything like super big lately. Like they've been there, but not quite there. And I think that's, I think it's a good hire for LSU. Like I can't really knock it on anything right now. I think once again, I'm really interested to see who they get in there as coordinators, if they decide to get rid of their guys and everything like that and clean house or whatever. And I'm really, I'm really kind of more interested to see just what the players do that are already at LSU, because even though Ed Ogeron like was a coach that wasn't doing a lot of good things behind the scenes, outside the locker room, outside the program. He's a coach that a lot of players liked. Like a lot of the players liked playing for Ed Odron because he's a the good type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see some guys just like, yep, I'm hitting that transfer portal. Like Bill, Billy, Bill, I mean, Kelly's cool, but like I liked Odron. So, well, I, I think he's got to be able to get right in. I think his first step needs to be to sell the players on the team of why they should stay at LSU. I, I say, one of the things I like to say is recruiting is 50% of a college football head coach. That's 50% of your job. And For if sure. you suck at recruiting, you suck at 50% of your job. Ed Ogeron, Ogeron was a really good recruiter, not a great coach. Mm-hmm. So he was not great at 50% of his job. Brian Kelly is a good recruiter, not a great recruiter, but he is a good, he is a really good coach. So he need, he, he has the recruits or at least half of them that LSU has gotten over the past two or three years. He's going to lose a couple guys. He is going to lose a couple guys to the transfer portal. Cause that's just part of it. He's yeah. already, I mean, LSU has lost a lot of guys just with all the drama that's gone on. They're going to lose Derek Stingley this year to the draft, but he is, he's going to be able to coach these guys up. He's going to have better talent than he had at Notre Dame. And so I'm interested to see if he will be a fit at LSU. I think that that was, that's one of the interests. It's interesting to me. I'm going to be interested to see how he's able to coach the players, how he's going to be able to recruit in the SEC but I'm also going to be interested to see how he fits in LSU because that's kind of a different, that's like a whole nother level in terms of fan support and, you know, just the ability to um, win that fan base over. Yeah. And, and I think he will have the ability to win that fan base over because he's been a successful coach and he can go in there and, and do the things he has done at Notre Dame, just at LSU. And, and the recruiting pool is better, even though you say like he's not a great recruiter, he's a good recruiter, but he's a good recruiter who's now moving into a, a area where he has just better players to choose from. So, I, I, I mean, there's not really much I can say about this Brian Kelly hire. I think it's I really think it's the right one. Like the only thing I told you is just 
who's going to stay. And if, if they can get the right guys in there, I think they can challenge. Um, I see this kind of going maybe a maybe a um, Arkansas Sam Pittman type of route where it, it starts off like kind of slow, but then it it picks up as time goes on. I think it could start off if he if his first his first job, like I said, needs to be to win the locker room over. That should be his first job. His first job should not necessarily be get on the road recruiting as quickly as possible. Even with the early signing period coming in the next couple of weeks, he should spend at least this week trying to win over his players that are currently there. And LSU has talent that's still there. They um, have a pretty good quarterback in Max Johnson. Um, he's, yeah, he's solid. He's solid. I think that I think that he can accomplish a lot. I give it a B plus. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good. I think it's a good hire. Could be a great hire in the next couple of years. I think he could win pretty early just because of the talent that he has, and because I think he's a better coach, obviously, than Ed Orgeron. I'll give it an A minus. The only thing I like, I already said what the problems, and then the other thing is just the fact that. Brian Kelly hasn't been able to get over the hump in the last few years. So will he be able to get it over at LSU? I'm not, we're not 100% sure. We haven't seen them really just like actually, actually challenge in like a while. We've just seen them be a good team. That is just like a, a season ruiner. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're, they're, that could ruin your season, but they're not going to go anywhere with it. And and then I think Brian Kelly will finally be happy to actually be playing for something. Cause I, you can tell like over the last few years, he is just tired of and frustrated of like people saying like Notre Dame needs to be in a conference. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Cause he comes in press conference. He gets he mad. He'll tired. Say, yeah, exactly. Subliminal messages, all these little shade and everything here and there. So I think that him being here is kind of, being an LSU is kind of a, a relief because he can play for something where he doesn't have to hear that all the time of y'all don't play anybody. Y'all don't do this. Y'all don't do this. Like you can just coach like. Well, let's go ahead before we go and do our top four in college football. We haven't done this one in a couple of weeks with the college football playoff. It's a little bit difficult, but I think, Interesting. yeah, I think, I think that, we can, you know, give our top four. And I think we both have the same number one. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say it, Georgia, they look like the clear number one team with that defense. Just, I have more fun watching the defense than I do the offense. I think the only thing that is going to screw Georgia up, well, not screw Georgia, the only thing that can screw Georgia up, the only thing that I can say is, is Kirby Smart going to do something in game, whether it's keeping Stetson Bennett in there to, is that going to bite you in the butt? Stetson's looked really good. I'll give him credit the past couple of weeks, but I still stick by. I think they could score 14 more. Anyway, can, yes. can Kirby Smart, it's all about can Kirby Smart do it? He's got the talent. He's got, um, He's a great in-game adjuster, but I want to see him take a little bit more risks this Saturday. I think the only thing that can hold Georgia back is coaching in this situation. So I have Georgia at number one. They are the clear, talented, the best talent. The talent gap is much more than everybody else in college football right now, so they're number one. 
Yeah, I agree they're number one. Um, I'm not going to go as far to say the talent gap is just a huge break. I, I do think that there's players or position groups on Georgia's team that can be exposed. But at the same time, yes, Georgia is easily clear-cut number one. You don't go around absolutely whooping everybody and shutting them out by 40, 30 points for you to be anything else than number one. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah, they've so, been the most complete team in college football this year. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's – I'm a – yeah, Georgia, number one for sure. I don't I don't care what anyone else says. That's just, that's just what it is right now. My number two, I have Michigan. I have them at number two because – they still have one of the best wins in college football this year. Uh, well, they have the best win, in my opinion, this year in the Ohio State game. They completely dominated. They should have won that Michigan State game if, if a couple of two-point conversions doesn't go their way that, or goes their way, then they are undefeated right now. Um, I think they are, like I said, they have the best win in college football, and They've looked – the rest of these teams, I just can't say that they've looked good. And, you know, I like to say, can this team beat this team in a head-to-head? -head? I believe Michigan can, and they have, and I have them at number two. I don't think that my three or four could beat them. Um, I, like, I'm putting Alabama at number two. And I guess you could say bias, but I just – I don't know, man. I I don't fully trust Michigan because we saw them get whooped by Michigan State. Like – and they didn't do anything special. They just ran the ball. Like, it was nothing special. It was exactly what Georgia and Alabama can do, run the ball. Alabama struggled a lot more than Georgia was running the ball, but running the ball like how Michigan State was wasn't something that was hard to do if you watch that game. Like they were just going straight up on him. It was not, it was not anything crazy. And then they played defense. I think that Michigan came in absolutely hyped for one John Harbaugh's job. Or was Jim? Jim Harbaugh's job, actually. They came in absolutely hyped to keep Harbaugh's job. They were hyped because they haven't beat Ohio State in forever and everything like that. And then they were hyped just because they're finally having a good season and losing that game would have meant that it was essentially over. You're not going anywhere except for maybe a championship. Like, uh, in, actually, no, because Ohio State would have win. So, yeah, you weren't going anywhere. Your season was basically over if you lost that game. So they came in hyped. They're at home, all that stuff. So I, I, I don't – I still – do not feel as if they are a better team than Ohio State. I think they played better than Ohio State on that day. And, and, and I think that's what the, what, that was the result of that game. So that's why I'm not putting Michigan at number two. But Alabama you put Bama at two. I, I understand your argument for because Michigan I, I, not being two, but how can you put Bama at two with the performances I, that they've had oh, yeah. all season long? For sure, for sure. And, 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 and that's what I was about to get to. The only reason I'm putting Bama at two is one, based off name. I, I won't lie. And second is just the fact that I think that if I told you, I don't think Ohio, I don't think Michigan is a better team than Ohio State. I think Ohio State is a better team than Alabama. I think Ohio State is a better team than Michigan. I don't think Michigan is a better team than Alabama. And that's the problem. I think if Michigan and Alabama played today, I don't, I don't, 
I think it would be close, but I don't see Michigan pulling that out. Like, and I'm, and I'm sorry. And even though Alabama has struggled a ton, a ton, a ton on just random various things throughout the season has been offense, one game, defense, this game, that, this game, this, that game. If Alabama comes out in a full performance and, and, and like put, put this together, Alabama plays the defense they played in the Auburn game, but then they come out with the offense they had against Ole Miss or something like that. You put that whole team together. That's a whole, that's a hard team to beat as a whole. So I just, I don't see Michigan, beating that right now and and the other reason is just Harbaugh hasn't been there like they haven't they haven't been there enough for me to be like oh, oh yeah they're the Super Bowl team. I mean in college he has not been there okay. he is not he's not been close like yeah like so I just I, I can't see this like him being the coach that's just like all of a sudden like yeah like this is a championship winning coach now like in college of course in NFL yes but right now in college, I don't, I don't see that. So that's why I have Alabama as, as number two. And then the other thing I think people kind of sleep on is like, is, is we, we, we didn't talk about it much, but Bama, what Saban said in his press conference, everyone shows up to Bama with their best game. That's not an excuse because I wish that I told my dad this Bama needs to show up to every team with their best game too. And that's the problem. Bama does not show up every week with their best game. The other team does. And then we play just good enough to get by, which absolutely blows my mind. But it's just, I think that that if, if Bama brings their best game against Michigan, I just, I don't see them beating us. And, and so that's, that's why I would put Alabama as number two and Michigan at three. I have just watched Alabama this year at home against LSU almost blow it, almost blow it against the six and six Florida team, take a miracle from Bryce Young and Auburn's quarterback Finley getting hurt to win in the Iron Bowl last Saturday. I'm sorry. I it bit me in the ass last year when I decided to um talk trash about Bama right before the Georgia week, but I just don't see it from them this year. I, I have, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know if they can beat Michigan this year. I think that that's a head to head that could go either way. I didn't, I can't, I can't sit here and say yes. And a head to head Michigan would beat um, or Alabama would beat Michigan. No doubt in my mind, because there is doubt in my mind they could beat Michigan this year. Yeah. I don't the think offense no relies doubt. on Bryce Young and yes, Will Anderson is having a Heisman uh, type season, but that defense is vulnerable. That offensive line is vulnerable. I think right now, Bryce Young might be favored for Heisman just off that last drive against Auburn, yeah. which is insane to me because we should have never been in that position. So I don't know how that's making him a Heisman candidate now. Like, but I, I do I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a straight up just like, yes, like Alabama's beating Michigan if they play today. I just think that they would beat Michigan. I'm not saying that it's guaranteed, but I just, based off of what I've seen, I think it could happen because I told you, Michigan State showed the formula. 
run the ball. They ran it straight down their throat. Like it was the, it was so, so, so easy. Like I begged people to go back and watch that game. Like they made it look silly. Like it was honestly silly how kind of easy. Well, it was. Michigan state so also has a Heisman tie or a Heisman candidate at running back too. Yeah. Yeah. And I give them that. And I give them that, but I think Alabama given the time to, to prepare, like what it would be in a normal playoff game. I, I just don't see us coming in unprepared for that as much as we have come in unprepared week after week for these other things. I swear to God, but it's just it, like, so, and, and that's the reason why, and I don't know, it's just hard for me to put Michigan there right now, honestly. So that's- my number three, and you're going to hate this is Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati at three because they're undefeated. And they have a marquee win on the road against Notre Dame this year. And, um, you know, they've taken care of business against the teams that they should have taken care of business on. And I've been back and forth on Cincinnati this past couple of weeks because they've made it close against teams that they shouldn't have made it close against. But they do have that win against Notre Dame on the road. They have a win against an impressive SMU team. And, you know, I, I can't sit here and say that any of um, the other top 10 team, I can't, I don't know what Alabama's most impressive win is this year. So, and to be honest, they have a better win than Georgia this year, Notre Dame. I don't think that they're a better team than Georgia, but they do have a better win than Georgia does this year. And so I have Cincinnati at three. Um, my third team, Michigan. I I I'm sorry to Cincinnati, but as long as your group of five, until you come into the playoff, improve it and then come back, then you can start jumping over teams like 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 Michigan and Bama in, in a playoff and stuff like that. Like I like people people hate this, but like history and experience plays a huge role. Cincinnati has not been there. Just like I said with Michigan, they have not been there. They have not done that. Like Alabama has been there and done that in multiple circumstances and situations. So I just can't sit here and say like, okay, yeah, like Cincinnati comes in and they're, they're just better than Bama because they've beat Notre Dame, who we just talked about is a team that's there, but not fully there. And that's cool and all. And, and Cincinnati has had just like Bama, a, a, a good bit of close games where you're like, eh, like, why were they playing close with these teams against teams that you could argue are worse than teams that have Bama have played. So I, I don't, I don't, I can't put Cincinnati there. Ritter is amazing. Fickle is doing a great job. And I think he deserves a head coaching job somewhere else. If he continues to do this, maybe even this year might end up sliding into that Notre Dame job or something like that. But it just, I, I don't, I don't see them once again, like, I don't – it's possible, but I don't see them beating Bama, and I don't see them beating Michigan, so. So I'm going to let you say the fourth team before I give my fourth team. Um, My fourth team, it's – it's Cincinnati, but it's it's barely Cincinnati. I think Oklahoma State deserves more respect. I won't lie to you. I think Oklahoma State has had a, a, a pretty good year. They've only lost one game. Um, it, it just and it doesn't make sense to me how they can be 
how Cincinnati like it, it does make sense to me how Cincinnati can be put over Oklahoma State but at the same time it 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 doesn't because I I just think that they are a more worthy team they have gone through their schedule they've handled it pretty well they haven't had a ton of close games they had Oklahoma but when you look at the rest of their schedule the only close game they really had was Texas and the one they lost which was Iowa State Tulsa at the beginning okay so yeah beginning of the year they went to some close games Missouri State Tulsa Boise State but I just I don't know I feel like playing today against Cincinnati I think that they would lose but I don't think it would be by much, which is why Cincinnati is four and Oklahoma State would be five. I have Oklahoma State at four. I'm actually shocked that you just said some respectable things about Oklahoma State. They have a big win against Baylor. They have to play them again this Saturday. I think the winner of that game gets the fourth spot in the playoffs. Um, Yes, a pretty bad loss against an Iowa State team, but that's a tough place to play. So you kicked Bama kick, out. I did kick Bama out. I'm sorry. I I haven't. If they win, they're in. It's very simple. If they beat Georgia this Saturday, they are in the playoffs. But they are this not in so the playoffs they, right you're now. You're providing me with material. You are literally giving it to me. Please bring on, bring on your material. But let me finish my point against Oklahoma for Oklahoma no. State. They have a big win this Saturday night or this past Saturday night. Against, or against Oklahoma, their first win in that series since 2014. They um, have the win against Baylor. Yes, they've gotten these teams at home. But if they win on Saturday in the Big 12 championship, they are in the playoffs. They looked pretty impressive. They have the best – this isn't saying a lot, but they have the best defense in the Big 12. They have um, an offense that's solid. It's a little inconsistent at times, but I like their running back their quarterback and Sanders as well, but it's very simple. I think they are a more deserving team. It is a more of a, what have you done for me lately? They've done a lot lately. Give me Oklahoma at four. Do you think Alabama would be Oklahoma state today? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what I see in Alabama. I see a team that yes, has the, future Heisman winner in Bryce Young. They have a no, Heisman candidate in Will Anderson. They have they have the talent to beat Oklahoma State, but they have not looked good this year. And they the have they have we've seen this before. We've seen this before and that's what surprises me is that you have seen this before. You have actually seen this happen before. Alabama has been in this situation, been in this circumstance a few years ago when no one wanted them in the playoff, when they lost to Auburn in that SEC championship. And then they went and won the national championship against Georgia. Like, I don't know. Like, you're, you're, and that's next why you're, Monday or you're next, giving next, me all this stuff. No way. Bring Let on, Alabama. bring on this, it, bring on it, bring it on more, Justin. We have a preview show coming out this week, but if you want to bring it. I don't, I don't think that. I'm not going to say, uh, okay, spoiler alert, my prediction, I think Georgia wins that SEC championship. Spoiler alert, like, we'll talk about why in the preview show, but that is that is what I think will happen. But let Alabama beat Georgia, because I do think it will be a lot closer game than what a lot of I people think it'll think. be a close game. I'm not yeah. going to argue that. I think it's going to be a closer game than what a lot of people think, because 
I test Bama doesn't look that good, but when you look at the numbers, Bama, like in a lot of areas, isn't dropped off that much, which has kind of surprised me as well when I look at stuff like that. But it's, it, I just, I, I like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> like to leave Alabama out in a season that they've only lost one game. And in, in, in Bryce still looks like solid and the offense is still looking good. And the, they played Bryce up and is down. the offense. Yeah. Bryce, what? Bryce is 100% the offense. And, and I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I like Bryce, but I'm not just like, I'm not the 100, I'm not the number one fan of Bryce. I'll tell you that right now. But it's just it, like, I just, I can't believe that you left Bama out for Oklahoma State and Cincinnati when you've seen this before. You have actually witnessed this happen. You're like, and, and you're 2021 doing- is a different year than 2020 or 2019 or 2015. It's a different year. It is. It and is. This a- year, I don't see Alabama as a top four team as of right now. I will eat those words if they beat Georgia next week. But as of right now, they are in. It's very simple. If they win, they're in. And I will I will humble myself yet again if they beat Georgia this Saturday. <laughs> Yo. But yeah. as of right now, the eye test, they have played down to their opponents this year. And they have made games close that had no business being close. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Like, like, and, and that's why I said, based off eye test, when you watch Bama play, it is not the same defensively. I mean, excuse me. I would even say offensively. Like, they're just, it's not exactly the same. Like, it's like, you see spurts of like what Alabama has looked like over the past few years in offensive wise with some big plays and stuff like that. But it's just offensive line is not the same, everything like that. I don't want to get too much into it because of preview, but yeah, like when you watch eye test, no, they're not the same team. But when you look at the numbers, like defensively wise, we're still ranked third in rush yards allowed per game, only like two yards per carry or something like that. They do let up big runs, but like consistently we stop the run against the pass. We're not amazing, but I'm still pretty sure we're top 10 in pass defense too. And, and, and everything like that. So it's just, it's, there's a lot of things that I think people kind of sleep on just because it has looked bad. You know what I'm saying? Like that the eye test has looked bad. And, and I think Saban is right. Every team shows up, to play us as hard as they possibly can. LSU went out, lost that game, and then Odron still came in the press conference lit because it was close. Like, people play us as hard as they can, and they, and they don't care. Like, it's just – And he's gone. So, yeah, exactly. Like, like and he was, he was in the post-game press conference having a grand time that they had even made it close with Alabama. Like, so – Because he's picking up his check in a couple weeks, and he's yeah. going to Destin with his new hooker girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriends probably yeah. <laughs> but yeah so I, I just it's just very insane to me that you would leave Bama out knowing the past like and, and I and I hate to say that like because I I know that this is a different year but history repeats itself a lot and it especially in sports like you see it a lot especially when it's the same people it's still Nick Saban it's still, we're still seeing Kirby Smart we're still seeing all these same guys like and it's just I, it's hard for me to just be like yeah like Oklahoma State and Cincinnati I don't see them beating Alabama like if, if anything I would argue and I know people would hate this I would argue 
Ohio State should be five over Oklahoma State. They've lost to two top 10 teams. Their only two losses are to but top they five, have top two five losses. They two, have two losses. Teams. Yes, but I just two I, I, losses that they have two losses, and I and I hyped up Oklahoma State's head, and I and I love everything they've done and stuff like that. But once again, if they play today, I don't see Oklahoma State winning that. And 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 that's two top five teams they've lost to. Top five, like so, two losses. Okay, do you have anything else before we go? No. Okay. Well, guys, that is going to be the show for us today. Like we said, we will be back this Thursday with our game preview show of the SEC championship game. So it is going to be a fun. I can't wait to save clips of this episode. A lot debate. It is going to be be a fun show. It's going to be some friendly banter. You will not want to miss it. No, you so won't. This time for Justin, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It. Deuce, deuce.